Welcome to the Alzheimer's Solution Revolution Show with Ralph Sanchez. Ralph's background includes 25 years as a clinician and functional medicine consultant, and he is the best-selling author of The Diabetic Brain and Alzheimer's Disease. Ralph's mission on this show is to bring you the trailblazing information and science that enables you to live younger, longer, and protect yourself and your loved ones from cognitive impairment and dementia as you age. Greetings and welcome. This is your host, Ralph Sanchez, and this is episode number 12 here at the Alzheimer's Solution Revolution podcast channel. This episode will also correspond to number eight in a series, the Think Ahead podcast series. And a reminder that it is a 10-episode subseries, which will be available to download as a set after we have completed their publication here on this channel. Today, I'll continue the overview of neurosteroids and their critical function in the protection and enhancement of cognitive function. And for those of you that missed episode number 11, I reviewed the role of testosterone, progesterone, and allopregnanolone as critical and timely neurosteroid interventions in the risk reduction for Alzheimer's disease. Please listen into that overview when you have a chance. If you are listening here on this channel for the very first time, neurosteroids are steroid hormones such as estrogen, progesterone, pregnenolone, and DHEA. These steroid hormones are derived from cholesterol and are produced in the brain just as they are in the body. The steroid hormones produced in the body can also enter the brain as a component of neuroendocrine pathways that are important throughout life and thus are also known as neuroactive steroids. Steroid hormones produced in the body are known to cross the blood-brain barrier and neurosteroids are synthesized in the brain too. All in all, the focus today will center around the well-known fact that declines of steroid hormones in age-related effects on the brain and longevity wellness are significant. Indeed, the use of DHEA, pregnenolone, estrogen, and progesterone, and other hormones in anti-aging therapies have long been sought after by people striving for an increased quality of life and the enhancement of a more youthful vitality. So today, I'll go a little deeper into the importance of DHEA and pregnenolone and their associated metabolites. Let's begin with a couple of important benefits associated with DHEA and its link to another steroid hormone, cortisol which is also referred to as a stress steroid. First, DHEA is the most abundant steroid in peripheral circulation, and concentrations of DHEA in the brain are higher than they are in circulation. I made a point in the last and previous show about a common salivary test that evaluates the levels of DHEA and cortisol and their ratio. It is referred to as the adrenal stress profile. However, 
Blood and urine measures of hormones and their ratios are also common. Age-related decline of DHEA and abnormal cortisol levels have long been associated with the increased risk for numerous health disorders, including insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes, obesity, osteoporosis, cardiovascular disease, hypertension, depression, and cognitive decline and dementia. Thus, DHEA, cortisol, and the DHEA to cortisol ratio are an essential evaluation which can provide insights into chronic stress patterns and the potential consequences that may have on your health. In chronic stress patterns and the cortisol spikes associated with it in the proverbial fight or flight response and the eventual dysregulation of the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, also commonly referred to as the HPA axis, it is a neuroendocrine stress response system. Over many years, repeated activation of the HPA axis and the fight or flight response is a crucial factor in the risk for the disorders I just mentioned. Again, insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes, obesity, osteoporosis, cardiovascular disease, hypertension, depression, cognitive decline, and dementia, and many other disease patterns. I'll always remember my read of a well-known book authored by Dr. Robert Sapolsky, the book, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, illuminated the effects of stress and stress hormones on wild baboons in Africa and migrating salmon and rats in his laboratory. That book, and in particular, the description of the salmon's arduous migration journey, which resulted in disease and parasite-riddled salmon, left a lasting impression on me. And that book is one that I have long recommended to people to read for a better understanding of what chronic stress does to a body. In the brain, chronic stress and excess cortisol patterns is linked to the demise of newly formed brain cells and the inhibition of a critical phenomenon associated with it, neurogenesis, in a key learning and memory center, the hippocampus. It is referred to as adult hippocampal neurogenesis. Thus, the risk for brain shrinkage and the depression and dementia associated with prolonged stress patterns are well-recognized and well-researched. The hippocampus is rich in what is termed glucocorticoid receptors, the very receptors that stress hormones, also known as glucocorticoids, interact with. So no mystery as to why the hippocampus is extremely vulnerable to sustained exposures to glucocorticoids, such as cortisol as too much exposure is toxic and can kill hippocampal neurons. 
Now, before moving on to DHEA, I'll add that lower cortisol states linked to a stress-associated fatigue syndrome or stress-related exhaustion disorder in aging is clinically significant too. Cortisol is an important steroid hormone in that it is a powerful regulator of many pathways, including energy and glucose metabolism, suppressing inflammation and regulating immune responses, blood pressure regulation, and your sleep-wake cycle. Plus, low cortisol in aging individuals is linked to memory problems and depression as normal cortisol function in the brain is in fact required for cortisol activation of glucocorticoid receptors and in memory acquisition and consolidation mechanisms. Now, I'll highlight two important points I just made with regard to cortisol levels. Cortisol and the sleep-wake cycle and low cortisol linked to inflammaging. Now, with regard to inflammaging, it is a word amalgam that refers to chronic low-grade inflammation and aging. Both higher and lower cortisol levels is linked to that chronic age-related inflammation pattern, which is why it is important to evaluate these hormones in aging individuals. Briefly, recent studies have demonstrated that cortisol secretions during sleep are important in memory performance and consolidation. Therefore, any disruption of normal cortisol levels and sleep is a factor in hippocampal memory formation and encoding processes. I'll be providing an overview on melatonin and sleep in a future podcast soon, as it is an important topic with regard to reducing the risk for late onset Alzheimer's disease and for people with an increased risk for more damage to their brains associated with the typical and hallmark lesions, such as beta amyloid protein accumulation and aggregation. Now, let's move on to DHEA and its role in long-term stress patterns. DHEA is also depleted with chronic stress, and like all hormones, its production gradually diminishes as we age. DHEA functions as a cortisol antagonist, and a low ratio of DHEA to cortisol is a risk factor for many age-related disorders, including cardiovascular disease, insulin resistance, and metabolic syndrome, sarcopenia, immune disorders, cancer, and neurological diseases. A reminder that I covered the linkages between cardiovascular disease, insulin resistance, and metabolic syndrome, and sarcopenia, which refers to the loss of muscle tissue and the risk for late-onset Alzheimer's disease and dementia in my book. In the central nervous system, DHEA and its circulating cousin, DHEAS, which is often used as a marker for DHEA in circulation, fulfills a critical role in neurogenesis, the generation of new brain cells, 
and in synaptic plasticity. Most of the circulating DHEA in the bloodstream is in the form of DHEAS, which is a sulfated derivative, and both forms are crucial with regards to their effects on the central nervous system. Brain or neuroplasticity and synaptic plasticity are a phenomenon that reflects a malleable and adaptive process by which we can integrate experiences and convert that information into learning and memory consolidation. In my book, The Diabetic Brain and Alzheimer's Disease, I point out that neuroplasticity is the big picture, the bird's eye view, while synaptic plasticity refers to plastic pathways that are mediated by the synapse and the myriad of receptors at those synapses which act as catalysts and relay stations for numerous downstream signaling cascades that are pivotal in learning and memory formation and consolidation. Important to note that memory consolidation refers to the process by which short-term memory is transformed into long-term memory. Optimizing pathways that promote neurogenesis and neuroplasticity as we age is vital to longevity, wellness, and healthy cognitive function. And neurosteroids such as DHEA and pregnenolone are key factors in that dynamic, as are estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone, which we covered in the last two episodes. Now, here is how DHEA and pregnenolone function as essential risk factors in neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, and neuroprotection. As before, pregnenolone and DHEA are at the top of the hormone pyramid. They are precursors for all the other steroid hormones and are often referred to as parent hormones or pro-hormones. Now, to some extent, the benefit of parent hormone therapy, such as DHEA and pregnenolone, is the associated benefit derived from their offspring, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, and allopregnanolone, and all the other metabolites that are derived from them all. Nevertheless, both DHEA and pregnenolone and their sulfated metabolites, DHEAS and pregnenolone sulfate, often abbreviated as PREGS or PREGS, are indispensable agents in the protection and enhancement of brain structure and function. With regard to neuroplasticity, both DHEAS and pregnenolone sulfate interact with synaptic receptors the NMDA and AMPA receptors, which regulate calcium flux in the neurons, which in turn triggers crucial and excitatory signaling cascades that are essential in learning and memory processes. The calcium flux and the role of NMDA and AMPA, AMPA receptors, as well as other receptors and the channels that are integral proteins of the synaptic membrane 
are indispensable components in the plasticity dynamic of the synaptic environment. Additionally, another receptor, the GABA receptor, G-A-B-A, interacts with D-H-E-A-S and pregnenolone sulfate, which to a significant degree modulate the GABA receptor's role and buffering the stimulating effects of the NMDA AMPA receptors and the calcium flux associated with their activation, which is an excitatory event. And why is that important? Too much excitatory activation of NMDA AMPA receptors and other related receptors can result in toxic calcium influx into the neuron. Indeed, the natural rhythm of excitability and inhibition that's regulated by these receptors and the hormones that interact with them reflects the modulation of these receptor-mediated cascades, which are crucial for neuroplasticity and a healthy brain and aging. I described the NMDA-AMPA dynamic and their potential mediation of calcium-related excitotoxicity, in which beta-amyloid aggregates are a key player in my book. So please read that for a more in-depth review of that. Excitotoxicity is a hallmark pathological insult linked to the progression of Alzheimer's disease. So it is an important mechanism to be aware of. So DHEAS and pregnenolone sulfate are protective factors against excitotoxic events. And as before on this overview, DHEA exerts a neuroprotective effect against the stress steroid cortisol. Both DHEA and pregnenolone and their derivatives also provide anti-inflammatory and antioxidant protection and counter beta-amyloid-induced neurotoxicity. The related pathways by which that occurs is very complex, and so we'll just move on to neurogenesis for now. Before doing so, I will restate that the benefits of DHEA and pregnenolone and their sulfated forms also extends to downstream offspring such as progesterone, testosterone, estrogen, and allopregnanolone. For example, many studies ascribe the protection associated with DHEA and pregnenolone therapy against beta amyloid induced neurotoxicity to progesterone. Again, we can go on and on with all of this, but we'll end with a brief overview of DHEA and pregnenolone in the role of neurogenesis. Research in 1998 demonstrated that the brain does have an ability to generate new neurons in a critical area of the brain that is central to learning and memory, which is a concept I referred to earlier, adult hippocampal neurogenesis. The generation and development of new nerve cells, such as neurons in the brain or glia 
which is referred to as neurogenesis, occurs throughout one's lifetime and is perhaps the most critical phenomenon associated with modifying the risk for cognitive decline and dementia and aging. For example, in brain autopsy studies of older individuals that did not exhibit any signs of cognitive impairment at death showed that the brains were riddled with the characteristic lesions associated with Alzheimer's disease. How does that happen? In 1997, the NUN study revealed in post-mortem findings that the brains of the oldest old nuns, individuals aged over 80 and 85 years, had advanced Alzheimer's disease lesions, plaques and tangles, but were cognitively intact at the time of death. Several of the nuns, that included 678 sisters, lived into their 90s. And Sister Mary or Maria, both are cited in many articles and studies, lived past the age of 100. Similar and subsequent studies since the nun study attributed the preserved cognitive abilities of the nuns like Sister Mary and other deceased oldest old individuals to lifestyle factors such as social enrichment and activity that they enjoyed throughout their lifetime. Now, I include that abbreviated non-study story here to emphasize just how essential neurogenesis and the factors that enhance it are in aging and the protection against cognitive impairment and dementia. The concept of a structural brain reserve facilitated by neurogenesis has evolved into our current understanding of how the brain may build a structural and functional resilience, a brain reserve, and a cognitive reserve to neurological damage that develops through the gradual accumulation of beta amyloid and tau protein aggregates and their related deposits, plaques and tangles. Such studies have led to the emergence of a concept termed brain reserve capacity, which represents the number or the reserve of neurons and synapses that remain unaffected by the typical damage associated with Alzheimer's disease. And yes, many studies have shown that higher levels of neurosteroids such as DHEA and allopregnanolone, which is metabolized from progesterone and pregnenolone, induce neurogenesis and are protective against memory decline associated with normal aging and Alzheimer's disease. In animal models, DHEA increased the proliferation of neural stem cells and allopregnanolone induced the proliferation of neural progenitor cells. Neural stem cells and neuroprogenitor cells have the potential to differentiate and give rise to all the cells of the central nervous system, neurons and glia. A reminder, please tune in to episode number 11 here at the Alzheimer's Solution Revolution channel 
for a more thorough overview of progesterone and allopregnanolone. There is much more to be said about all these mechanisms linked to neurogenesis, which are fascinating and are associated with many signaling pathways and what are termed neurotrophic factors, which include brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF, and nerve growth factor, and others. And I'll cover all of that related to neurotrophic factors and neurotrophins in another episode soon. I'll end this episode with a quote that has been repeated in several studies. Synthesis of brain neurosteroids declines with age during stressful conditions, including major depression, chronic psychological stress, and in chronic inflammatory and neurodegenerative diseases, which summarizes much of what I shared here today. And that quote highlights the use of sex steroid levels as biomarkers in aging, and in particular, people with known risk factors associated with the risk for cognitive decline and late-onset Alzheimer's disease. And that is the end takeaway for this episode. Talk to you on the next episode. Thank you and God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Alzheimer's Solution Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and subscribe wherever you listen in to your favorite podcasts. Share with friends and family on your favorite social media channel, such as Twitter or Facebook. 